You unlock this benefit with the key of Patreon. Beyond is another dimension. A dimension of thought. A dimension of speculation. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both waffle and substance. Of things and ideas. You've just crossed into the podcast zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space. This is our travels through the Twilight Zone, and we are into our seventh episode. And we may, while we may be together, Julie and I are lonely. We are trapped on an asteroid in deep space as a punishment for, uh, I think, murder. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to explore what that loneliness does to someone, um, and also what it does through partnership when we are given a robot companion. Um, so, Julie, let's talk about the, the lonely. Um, say episode seven of the Twilight Zone. What are your initial thoughts on this episode? I mean, this episode is both awesome and trailblazing. Like, obviously, her goes back to that. I mean, you know, stuff about AI, you know, replicants, all of this goes back to that second half, you know, and the depiction mm-hmm. of her as human, right? Uh, well, I mean, there's the image of her shattered face that's so Westworld. I mm-hmm. mean, this is again way ahead of its time, um, you know, and yet. Also, the first half is really focused on his isolation, living on an asteroid. And, you know, this is, I think this is both like one of the weakest, most ridiculous episodes. And yet at the same time, one of the best, Mm. you know, in a weird way. And I, I like, obviously, like it was totally responsible more or less, at in 1959, to believe that an asteroid's had, you know, an atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> it was not responsible to think that they had the same gravity as Earth. <laughs> um, but it is so charming to see him alone on this asteroid in the shack, and he's built this car piece by piece. It took him a year, but why not? Mm-hmm. And struggling, again, like the first episode, with loneliness. So I find it daft and silly, and yet at the same time, beautiful what do you think i'm the same actually like, like the, the premise of using this as a, as a prison punishment seems incredibly expensive um implausibly so but you know like you say there's something about this episode i really like um this idea of the isolation like you know uh when he's built this car like a kit car over a year like every three months they've been bringing him some more parts like some <laughs> like, like like some part works building set um, but then I love the fact he's sat in it. You know, he's sat there, can't go anywhere because it's not got any fuel in, and there's nowhere to go. So he's built this thing that he can't use. It has no practical value. And then, you know, and then he's sort of um, this idea of sort of, and, and the tragedy of it as well being these claims. And you're supposed to believe, him, I think, that whoever he killed, he killed in self-defense. So to have been given this horrific uh, punishment for something that he was, you know, that he killed in self-defense. And then the joy when these people turn up to drop the um, uh, the, the, the rations off and the supplies off, and he's like, you know, he's built like a chess set, and he's you know that sort of thing. Um, and, and he's like, no, like, we've got to go in fifteen minutes, and they've got this real short window. And he's like, oh, come on, come on, you can play some cards. What's a couple of minutes? And like, those that the, they give like a relatively practical reason of like, look, we can't because if we don't leave, then we're at, we actually lose uh, our orbit. Well, so the, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's gobbledygook. I mean, it's techno bubble that you know, Star Trek is, but 
it seems like a legit reason. They're like, no, we can't stay because if we do, it's either we leave in 15 minutes or we've got to leave in 14 days. And he's like, oh, come on then, let's go play some cards. Um, I like this guy's desperation and it's it's heartfelt. I feel for him. You know, it's it's yeah. interesting this first half. Um, and I love the fact that this this guard, I don't know, that's what I suppose what it is. This astronaut guard is sort of, also feels for him. It's like, like I've left you something, and if anyone knows what I've left, it, it's it's more than my job's worth. Like you know, sort of thing. Like you know, don't let anyone know about this. So like, he, but he feels for him. Like he acknowledges how harsh this punishment is, and he keeps saying, like, "But there's this other guard that's like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm pissed off that I've got to come and bring you supplies. I'm thinking, get another job then. Like you cannot yeah. be there. But I mean, I will say, like, I mean, it doesn't like look if it's 14 days. That comet is on some quick rotation. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, with that comet, that asteroid. You know, it's totally ridiculous, mm. but. You know, they, I mean, the other thing is like, yes, it's totally ridiculous that you would leave one person on an asteroid and just <laughs> fly to multiple asteroids. But then again, you know, it's like uh, 2000 AD has to send them to Titan. Yeah. Come on. You know, we have tons of prison planets and, you know, and, you know, all of this stuff and Star Trek, Star Wars, mm-hmm. all this nonsense. Um, so, you know, I'm willing to forgive that. I also love the sort of like, oh, wow, they're coming. You know, the ship yeah. only comes every four years. And there is this sort of background that you're aware that on Earth there's a discussion of is this sort of cruel and unusual punishment? Mm. And uh, Alan B., the guard who is sympathetic and has brought him this robot, is clearly of the mind that, yeah, this is cruel and unusual. And, you know, the other guard, you know, there are two others. The other guard who is like, I hate having to come here. It's like, look, this is. He's just like, this is stupid. I spent eight months away from my family so that I could fly to all these dumb asteroids that we put, you know, that's kind of, it sort of acknowledges the problem with this idea. And yet, you know, it's it's a cool thing. I I dig that. Yeah, no, I, I do. I like that. And I love the fact that he said that there's this, this background thing of like, you know, and they call it, because he says, I love the way he introduced it, or he hasn't asked about the pardon yet. And you can see that he doesn't want to. Because he doesn't want to ruin this moment of having seen these friends. He only sees them every three months when they come and bring the supplies on. So he's like, I don't want to ruin it because I know this thing's not, not going to end. And then he gives a speech about how he gets through every day. And it's, it's, it is heartbreaking. He's like, you know, yeah, every day I face this thing and I almost think about finish it. And then I'm telling myself, no, 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 just one more day. Like, just survive one more day. Like, he's literally taking it like a step at a time. And it's really... Um, horrible so when he's given this robot when we find out that say um the guard what's his name apple i keep calling him appleby but um alan b alan b give, leaves in this robot and she, he takes it out it's this woman stood there and, it's, and then he reads this thing about how she's you know uh the, the, the owner's the manual. manual yeah the yeah. Crichton, the Crichton 4000 series manual <laughs> Um, but he reads it through, and he, he, I love the fact that his instant response is, and she says, like, you know, my name's Trisha, what is yours? Or whatever name is. And he can't engage with it. And it's this idea of sort of like, it's almost like a taunt to him. Of like, you, know, you know, you can't have real human interaction, so we're going to give you this robot. And how it taunts him, and how it sort of, at first, he rejects mm-hmm. her. And a part of my head's going like, no, 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 just, just yeah, get on with it. Like, she looks human, she's fine. But then it's like, well, no, he knows she's not. I, I love this interaction where he's like, you're, you're a fake. You're, you you know. 
Um, is it, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I think again, it's sort of Twilight Zone, you know, doing this this thing of stretching out the reveal, right? Mm. And I had the same response. Like, if, if I, you know, I identify with that isolation, you know, I'm a depressive, I, you know, I'm an addict, uh, you know, I know what it's like to try, you know, getting through the day is the goal, mm. uh, you know. So I identify with that. And I would think if I'm sitting there playing, you know, chess with washers, I'd be like, you know, give me an Apple IIe that can just do something and interact with me. Like, you know, I'd be so happy, let alone to have a, a companion that, mm. you know, I, I can talk to and have sex with. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So I have the same response of sort of like, dude, why, you know. But I do think that it's fascinating. And I, I think the the way he says she taunts him implicitly by her presence that she's not real reminds him of the real thing yeah um but i i do love the scene in which you know he's berating her and he has slapped her to the ground you know and it's it's purely that kind of like anti-replicant sort of like you're Mm. a machine you know there's no moral question here whatsoever you are a thing and he compares her to the car which is Mm. just it's wonderful. It's terrible behavior, but it's wonderful, uh, the speech. And he's just really berating her. And she turns around. And, you know, there is this, like, you know, I'm a, you know, mostly cis, straight, white male. I can say, like, look, you see an attractive woman crying, it stops you in your tracks, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm making logical points, but you're crying right now. and you win, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to deal with that. What do I have to do to comfort you? And he, when she turns around, you know, he suddenly sees her as human and he wipes away her tears. And I think, so for me, yeah, I don't totally buy the, you know, rejection of her, although I think masterfully done. Mm-hmm. Um, a great scene. I love what it's doing and I love how it pivots. I, I almost, to me, I almost think it like, you know, th- there is, a rejection there there is that thing but i think you like you say it's he almost doesn't want to accept her because he knows that it's not she's not real like i say this thing this this um standing for real a real person he doesn't want to accept her because that almost is that it's almost worse you know where he's like well this is what i've got and then it's um, what does that mean, sort of thing? I, I think he's trying to keep her at distance. And that, so that moment when he does, he sort of, he, like, so he compares it to the car, and then she sort of turns and she's crying. It is, you see his heartbreak. You know, he's, he's like, okay, you know, let's see what happens. And it is a really wonderful moment of of sort of like you know. But I, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. If I'm left at home on my own for the day, there'll be some point when I'll, I'll either be talking to my dog, or I'll probably have a conversation with. You know, there'll be, I'll be there'll be points where I'll have conversations with inanimate objects, not full blown. I'm expecting them to respond. Usually, I'm berating them for not working properly. Mm. But like, you know, we are in a society where I'm quite happy to talk with <laughs> different things. Um, but I love this idea of him not wanting to get attached because it's just this taunting of what he's missing at home. You know, you don't know anything about his family. You never, there's no acknowledgement of his family. Did he have? Is he married? Has he got kids? Anything? There's none of that. Um, but then that it gets... would be interesting, you know, and I was thinking that, that with that, if we found out that he was married, you know, presumably to a woman, um, we would that would give him a different motivation for rejecting mm. her. 
but then also wouldn't it because you know part of the trope of uh you know part of the deal with uh replicant is the sort of like initial rejection right mm. it's the present the argument this is just a machine i mean it's there in her like i can't be in love with you right and eventually they're human enough that they, yeah. they you do um so in a way like he sees her as a mannequin you know that just ha taunts him uh and that is more powerful as an argument because you don't know whether he has a wife. Yeah, and so I find that whole that is interesting. Like you don't know, you never told what his 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 life is at home or on on Earth. But obviously, then it flips to sometime later, <clears throat> and you find eleven out months. That, yeah, eleven jump, months. Time jump. Yeah. So the, the the thing is, I find interesting is that she's sent to hide because they do say these people come every three months. Yeah. And they're early when they come back. So they've been several times and she's had to hide when these they've come up with the supplies because she's not supposed to be there. But they've built this relationship and they've almost built like you know, this this life on this asteroid. But the, the pardons through the, the discussions have been had and this, they, they agree this is this is no longer acceptable. And he's been given a pardon and, you know, he can go free. And there's a great this 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 is just like destroy because <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't click. Because he doesn't see it as, as they say, right? You've got, you know, you've got to leave now. We've got twenty minutes. You've got to leave now, and you can take fifteen pounds of whatever you've got behind you. You've got, to, you've only got fifteen pounds. And he says, oh, okay, well, let me get Alicia, isn't it, Alicia? Let me get Alicia, and we'll, we'll jump on, and we can kiss this place goodbye. And the guy's like, oh no, I forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> and Allenby's like, oh Christ! And it's like that moment of like, oh, no, I've got to break him again. Like, what are we doing? Mm. Um. And it's that thing well, about says, you leave her behind. That's murder, you know. Mm. Uh, I mean, he says you don't know her. She's human. I mean, like he has not only said we have a, I love her, and we have a life together, but he's like, no. Basically, he's he's saying she has a soul. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in a soul necessarily, but that's essentially his argument. It's like she is human. Yeah. And again, I think I think there's a um, the ending of this could have gone different, and probably should have gone yeah. different for me. But when he when Allenby shoots that robot in the face, like you like, even I'm like, oh yeah, Christ, yeah, like you know, she's what you know, wires and other stuff. Like it, you know, it's for for uh, the the prison, like it's um, Corey, it's it's just it should be soul destroying. Like he, you know, first she's been exposed for exactly what she is, um, but also it's it's death for him. You know, this is a this is a an, an entity taken out of his life. There should be there's going to be grief. It's going to destroy him. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Well, I think this is one way in which the the episode is another way in which the episode is dated. I think mm -hmm. like you know there is like we've done Westworld, right? The the, the first Westworld is just the robots are the villain. The yeah. second Westworld is they're the protagonist, right? We mm -hmm. sympathize with the other more, more instinctively today, and I, I hope so. Um, so today I watch it and I'm like, oh no, you haven't solved anything. You know, like I would be like, no, I am going to stay here and try to repair her or just protest the fact that you have murdered my wife. Yes. Uh, you know, I, but I think that what we're supposed to think is when we see that shattered face, oh yeah, this was a therapy device. Yeah. It's a machine. It's ultimately just a complex machine, and it was a therapy device that got him through this tough time. And he has seen the shattered face and seen, oh, that's a machine, and he has agreed to go home. 
I think that's what we're supposed to. Do. No, that that uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I see on screen. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I this is how it's dated. I think we have a different relationship with machines these days, and so you know, I'm for in love with Siri. Yeah, <laughs> she answers all my questions and doesn't question back. It's uh, you know, um, but one one of the things when I watch this is I again I almost anticipated he was going to choose to stay on the asteroid with her. That was an option, or maybe not in '59 they wouldn't have done this. But when the guy when uh, when Allenby pulls the gun, he would jump in and sacrifice himself, and he would the one to be mm. shot. Mm. You know, and then they'd be like they'd end up leaving her with this dead body and they would be like, Oh, it's just a robot. So we're going to leave. And then she would be left on the asteroid with this, um, this corpse. And then there'd be this question of like, what is a soul? Who, if you just replaced one person in isolation with another person in isolation, like, you know, that's, that's what I thought. One of the things I thought was going to happen. So, um, yeah, it could go another way. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you sort of see that, you know, again, like you see the twist coming, right? Mm. You know, um, but it does play out this kind of moral dilemma that, again, we've seen play out in her. We've seen play out in yeah. Blade Runner. You know, in fact, it's one of the things we love about Blade Runner that's mm-hmm. actually pretty muted in that actual film. And mm. it's more of a, a theme here. Um, so I, I think it's still ahead of its time. How it ultimately plays out might be a little dated, but... Um, you know, in terms of my final thoughts, I just wanted to call attention to the stargazing scene. Um, mm. I love looking up at the stars. It's one of my hobbies to walk down the street. I live in the country and I can see the stars well. Um, I, if, if anyone watching has not been to is in the northern hemisphere and has never been to the southern hemisphere, uh, you know, do yourself a favor and do that and see the Milky Way stretching out across the mm. sky and imagine how our ancestors perceived this. Uh, it's With stunning. fucking terror, and you, probably. Well, and you, you can see, you, uh, yeah. you know, it's in Martian Comics 5, like, you know, mm-hmm. our ancestors imagined them fiery gods. You know, mm. how could they not? Um, and he does the constellations, right? Mm. Which all cultures in the world identified the constellations. Different ones, and mm-hmm. they meant different things. But... Um, so it's a it's a very beautiful moment that sort of even though you've jumped eleven months later, it does so much work. I mean, they do yeah. it is dated again. God's beauty, he says. Like, yeah. okay, don't forget, it's like a um, forbidden planet. We're gonna get into space, but everyone's a Christian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, my final thought is just that scene does so much to sell their love and that this really is a beautiful relationship I, I i'm sold yeah no I, I agree wholeheartedly i think this is a just to me i enjoy this it's a strong episode for me and um i love this idea of sort of like you know the the isolation and how he is reacting to it his his, his desperation to, to have any form of contact yet when he's given that engagement he rejects it for fear of you know that, that it's fake and then his softening towards it. Like this whole arc of this episode is brilliantly well done. This is that thing we said before about just being a well-scripted, well-orchestrated, and well-executed story. Yes, the ending has dated. I would say that final twist or that final sort of like you know the Twilight Zone moment. The Twilight Zone moment at the very end is dated. However, everything that precedes it is is trailblazing and is 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 absolutely fantastic. So, um, 
yeah, I, I do. I think this is another episode that, that is has uh, head and shoulders, and I, I really enjoyed it, and, and memorable as well. Definitely memorable. So, ladies and gentlemen, there we go. We are seven episodes in, and we are going to um, see you on the next episode. The next one is actually special. We are going to be joined by uh, Tony Farina to talk about uh, our love of books. I'll leave that with you. <laughs> uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and we shall see you on the next episode. <laughs>